0: More is not better, better is better. This is episode number 122. We are in the last month of 2020, y'all. All right, authentic and ambitious friends. Here's what we're gonna talk about today. I have three particular things that drive me nuts about the personal development and coaching world that I want to debunk for you today because they are promises that lead to misery in my clients. So a little background. As of February, I will be starting my 16th year of coaching. That is insane. And that's official coaching. Um, I have been self-employed for two years longer than that, and was unofficially actually coaching as a college student um, and as a teacher in schools was always about more than just delivering information. Um, Actually, one of my mentors in high school always called me Mother Teresa because I was always helping friends emotionally and psychologically. And it seems I've turned that into a career, successful, sustainable. It's just what I do. And so one of my favorite things about being at this phase of my business and in my own personal journey too, is I love going back to some of the basics. I think basics are really foundational And there are so many basics in the coaching world and things that I learned early on that I still come back to. When I was a basketball player in high school, basics always won the game. It was never the flashy stuff. So, but these three things are kind of flashy in the personal development and coaching world. And frankly, they're a little bit bullshit. Okay, So bullshit number one, which is my pet peeve, and honestly, the reason that it has taken me so long to be where I am in my business. I mean, I'm going to be doing this for a very long time, but I felt like I would be further along than now. And the first one is this concept that emotions are negative, I saw a podcast the other day that was like how to get rid of negative emotions. And I just wanted to reach through and smack this otherwise really helpful personal development leader because there's no such thing as negative emotions. And positioning emotions as negative, I have found is really harmful It really teaches us as adults that personal development is about slamming through mental and emotional difficulties instead of meeting and caring for those and resolving them before we move on. And positioning them as negative creates shame and blame around experiencing normal human emotions little personal side note and like one of my own triggers that I didn't realize until I was in my late 40s was, you know, why this runs so deep for me is when I was little, um, there was a lot of things my dad taught me and a lot of things that my dad's parents did not teach him. And one of the things I notice about many of the men I choose to be in life with and some who are my fathers and brothers, um, they don't handle emotion real well, especially from women. And so I heard as a child stop that crying bullshit and was expected to just turn it off. And even as a child, I didn't really get that. And now as an adult, I understand. And honestly, I didn't understand this as a 20-year-old. I didn't understand it as a 30-year-old. My work around this and my insights and the wide openness did not come until my shoved down emotions were so thick and so um, reaching the boiling point that I had no other choice. It affected not only my emotional state, but my physical health. And so a physical illness helped me understand. And fortunately, during that physical illness, I was doing some artwork, um, some artwork training. I was being trained in expressive arts with Chris zidel And No matter how many times as a coach, I heard the phrase, um, I can't even remember the exact phrase, but phrases about discomfort, right? And meeting your discomfort. I didn't really get that because I didn't realize that what I had been doing for years was either depressing down my emotions or which I, that's my version of depression which is something my family is famous for, like it runs in our family because we depress them down. We don't know how to feel them. And then the opposite for me, the other end of the spectrum, is thinking my emotions, which is what for me is anxiety. And so when I'm anxious, I realize I'm thinking my emotions. When I'm depressed, I realize I am pressing them down. And so what is in the middle of those is actually what I call meeting your emotions. And so, there's this concept out there in the personal world that we have to overcome negative emotions. And that is a great short-term strategy that feels really good in the moment, but it bypasses both the learning and the potential for expansion and increased capacity. And so, I understand why they're saying that because I tend to think that our, our emotions are a gift, a sensation as a part of our miraculous biology. And I realized that many emotions are caused by thoughts. So in traditional coaching models, it's like um, programming equals thoughts. Thoughts cause feelings. Feelings um, dictate your actions and your actions dictate your results. I teach a lot from that model, I get it. And the way that I teach and coach from is this place where, you know, we have circumstances are neutral, circumstances cause thoughts, thoughts absolutely impact our feelings, our feelings are sensations. And instead of just changing the thought To bypass and create a new feeling, I've learned that meeting those feelings, meeting those emotions, recognizing the sensations, listening to our body, what they want to teach us has been very valuable and helpful. There's two places we can go with this. So we can either start to have emotions and we could catastrophize them or we can mute them. And neither one of those are really helpful. So that's why I say meeting them. If we meet them and acknowledge them and notice them, see what they're here to teach us, is it something that is real and true and needs to be honored and felt? If so, how do we feel it? How do we surrender to it? And if it's not, if it is something catastrophe and drama and frothing, how do we nurture it, and begin to cultivate new experiences without bypassing them. So the other concept I use around this is it's either useful or not useful. And I remember being in a workshop where we were talking about this concept of Thoughts cause feelings. Feelings cause action. Action causes emotion. And there was a couple sitting next to me, a couple of people down that had, they were grandparents and they had just lost their one of their grandchildren to the flu. This was a couple of years ago. Really, really sad. And they were like two weeks out from that death and You know, they were trying to reconcile that circumstances are neutral and that they could just choose a different thought. And it was brought to the room that, of course, right now, we don't want to bypass that grief, right? So even difficult emotions, even all emotions can be useful or they can be not useful, right? So is it really useful to be joyful? If you are experiencing the loss of a family member, I don't know. I can't answer that for you. But for this couple, grief was useful emotion. It's not negative. Sometimes anger is a useful emotion. Sometimes anger is not useful. Sometimes we use anger to bypass. So, I probably could or already have done an entire episode about this, but I want to keep things kind of brief for you today. So this concept that emotions are, there are certain emotions that are negative and we need to overcome. I think it's bullshit. I think it's dangerous. And what it does is it kicks the can down the line for inner work that needs to be done. And I will tell you as a, as a business coach and a coach of people who are ambitious. A lot of the inner work is feeling things that need to be felt, is not avoiding difficult feelings. And so, wow, can you imagine teaching our children, can you imagine if we didn't have to wait until we were 45 years old to understand how to meet and feel and process difficult emotions? Not only difficult emotions, well, not only, quote, what people call negative emotions, but you guys, Some of us don't even know how to feel the really big, good emotions. So um, just pay attention when you hear that. We don't have to make those speakers and teachers wrong. But I like to ask my clients when they get to the place of processing thoughts, feelings, and actions, and if they find a thought and a feeling that doesn't feel real useful, instead of just running right through it and switching things up, let's pause for a moment, breathe, breathe take an inventory, take responsibility, notice what needs to happen. And then when we're complete with meeting the feelings, which sometimes can happen quickly and sometimes it may take a little while, then we can move on to a more useful thought and a more useful emotion and a more useful action. Okay, that's the first one. Um, The second one is that the online world And coaching gets you by promising fast. We all are Veruca Salt. I want it now, daddy. We all want it now, I get it. We want it now. We want it now because we have a difficult time dealing with discomfort. Now bypasses discomfort of reality. So these two actually go hand in hand. And boy, don't we all want it faster. Right, And what I know after all these years of coaching, everybody from brand new launch to especially the last few years, um, super high achieving, high achievement um, business owners who have been in business for 15 to 30 years, is that this is a long game. And one of the reasons that I know my business has worked is because I have been willing to play the long game, because I have been willing to play slow success. I have been willing to slow tango my way through this. And all of the lessons that really hurt the most along the way and that were hardest to learn was because I was trying to move too fast. And so I just really want to remind you that that I know we have a sense of urgency and that is probably either your nervous system needing comfort um, and it may not be the most useful or realistic thing in your business. And so like for new business owners, we used to always say, you know, three to five years, how willing are you to, to do the work be in the game. You know, if this doesn't happen for you in three months, are you going to be okay? This is one of the reasons that, you know, I often remind my clients while I love a strategy. I think strategy is sexy. I love tools. I'm a gadget person. I'm a tool person. I'm a strategy person. I love to think about these things. And what actually fuels those things is doing the deep inner work is what makes those fast. So when we slow down to speed up, we're actually slowing down to do some of the slow work. I wish that we could change our mindset and it never fall into that rut again. But I do realize as I look up at the end of this year, I have really spent about 20 years and especially in the last 17, cultivating, growing a master garden of process, of thoughts, of recipes for handling life, for handling disappointment, for handling discouragement, for handling low energy. And none of those processes are necessarily quick fixes, except for the world out there, especially the ones that have the buy now button are promising fast, fast, fast. And if it really worked, And if it were really sustainable, so certainly sometimes things can work like a flash in the pan, but if you really want a sustainable business, and what I mean by that is one that supports both your bank account and your energy and emotion over the long haul, year after year after year after year, you have to be willing to grow slow. This is just like the human experience, right? Like sometimes... um, You know, I know we look at kids and they're so little. My little nephew just turned or he's about to turn one. And on Thanksgiving, he had his first steps. And I haven't gotten to see him a whole lot lately because of COVID. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, he is growing so fast. And it is fast and slow at the same time. And the reason it feels fast is because the slowness happens every day. And so while the rest of the online world is promising quick results and how-tos, honestly, you can get that crap from a 15-year-old on TikTok or YouTube. But be willing to go on the long, slow journey and have sprints along the way. And so we are climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. We are running marathon after marathon. And on the same way I do, I walk, um, I walk my dogs every morning and I've been creating longer and longer routes. And there's one little place on my route. There is a short little sprint that I do up a hill. This one, it's not even the long side of the block. It's the short side of the block. But when I'm at the bottom of that hill, I think I can do this one little sprint And that sprint, instead of trying to make myself run the whole way, that little sprint has helped me build endurance, it's helped me build some muscle mass, and it also doesn't take me out of the whole walk. And so that's number two, this online always promising fast. It's a sales tactic, you guys. It meets your scarcity, it meets your fears. And I don't know about you. I don't want to buy according to my fears. I want to buy according to my faith in myself. And I don't I don't want to buy out of scarcity. I want to buy out of creativity. Okay, this is the third one. This is kind of fun. I see this a lot with these terms manifestation and visioning and I love division. Man, I love to daydream and vision. I think a lot of the places That I have come to are because I vision. In fact, this morning I shared with um, I shared with my clients. Let me open this up on my phone for you, real quick. I was going through journals yesterday from the beginning of the year. One of them, when I was before COVID shut down everything down, there was I was at a retreat with my coach, and I wrote these things down. Like, who do I get to be? Who am I becoming? And these are four of the things that I wrote down in February, like February 12th or 13th. And I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not just becoming all those things. I am those things. And one of them is, I am a woman who allows high-level help. I am a woman of range. Play is a profitable piece. I lovingly plow through discomfort. (laughs) And I am vibrant, healthy, and wealthy, Um, alive, creative, and wise. And I felt in process. I'm certainly not complete. I am still in process and those will always be evolving for you, but I definitely feel some marked achievement in those areas. And one of the reasons that it happened so quickly for me where in the past, I wanted things to be fast because I kept seeing marketing that told me fast can happen, (laughs) it's the rarity, not the norm, Um, you know, is because I visioned, I envisioned. But part of that visioning, and this is the piece that people leave out, the visioning that we really need to do is not just the end result. The visioning that can actually be super helpful is to work backwards from the end result And envision ourselves doing the daily, boring, habitual things that actually are the fulcrums that make a difference in our life and in our work. And so when we not only vision the outcome, but we envision the process, envisioning the process is actually more effective in adjusting your identity than just the outcome. And so, for example, I see myself as a walker. I see myself as a writer, not because I have published a book, but because I just said I would write and I do. I, sure, I would love to be back to running someday. I'm certainly not capable of running a whole lot right now, but what I am able to do and what I do know, it just doesn't make for good social media post is that every day that I get up and walk and about once a week, I add an extra block or an extra half mile to my walking routine. And I am slowly and boringly increasing that. And what I do in my mind is I see myself doing that. And I look at it and I envision it as a coach, and in my business. I see myself, instead of avoiding the misery of boring things, I have changed my attitude about hard things and boring things. And so I notice a lot of clients will tell me, oh, I just, you know, I really want to do the fun stuff, or I set myself up, you know, I do all my delicious morning work. And then when it comes time to get down to business and do my sales, I avoid the discomfort. I want to encourage you to envision The mundane, the uncomfortable. So, see yourself making uncomfortable ask, see yourself marketing, see yourself asking for the sale, see yourself um, raising your prices, not just having them done, but see yourself in the process. The example I use of this, uh, I actually learned this from my high school basketball coach, Dr. Renee Rochester. And Man, I loved hitting a three pointer. <laughs> Those were glory shots, but glory shots didn't win the game. And one of the things she would ask us to do is not just envision, we would do this in the van on the way to basketball games. Um, not just envision us winning the game, but she said, see yourself making layups, see yourself making passes, see yourself um, taking a rest on the bench, see yourself sprinting down court, see yourself doing all the boring stuff. See yourself making layup and free throw and layup and free throw. Not once did she ever mention to us, see yourself at the three-point line and hitting the score and the team going nuts. It was always the boring stuff. And man, y'all, that helps. And what happens when you envision yourself doing the task that your lizard brain probably thinks is uncomfortable or boring or not satisfying. If you believe your lizard brain, then you're just going to keep avoiding it and you're going to keep kicking success down the road. But if you can begin to love the process as much as you love the outcome. Now, I did not say enjoy it. I said love it. Love it means being profoundly engaged and attentive to it doesn't mean we always like it, but we're committed to it and we will do it because of the outcomes it gives us. And so I want to end up with this quote I saw by James Clear on Thanksgiving and it about made me fall out of my belly because it was just so simple and so true. I love how simple James Clear is. Um, let's see. Come on, Allison. Um, trying to find my own profile on Twitter. Oh, this is so good. I'm looking at my own tweets. (laughs) I don't tweet that much, do I, Allison? Okay, if you genuinely care about the goal, you'll focus on the system. This is what I want you to realize. I know it's really fun to make a vision board and nobody ever makes a vision board of them doing the daily hard work. So maybe this year, whether you're making a vision board or you're making a vision list or you're sitting um, down and creating in your mind's eye, please don't just create the outcome. Create yourself focusing on the system, the habits and the identity of the person who has created that. All right, you guys, those are my three little things I just kind of wanted to debunk about the traditional personal development world, little boogers in my butt that I don't like and my little reframe form. Hey, um, December 26th, the day after Christmas, Boxing Day for my um, British friends, we will be opening the doors for Soulful Success so if you are authentic and ambitious and are looking for a community that will fully support you to surround yourself with amazing people, if you are looking for business and life coaching with me, um, this is the place to be for only $333 a month. I want to encourage you to get on the wait list and be ready to join us on December 26th. You can do that at coachwithalison.com. Coach with Allison, A-L-L-I-S-O-N.com. Hey, thanks for your uh, time listening today. And if you feel so inclined, share this with a friend or go over to iTunes and give me a five-star review. How fun would that be? Um, And finally, as always, if something, if you got an insight out of this, send me a message, share on social media, tag me, let me know what your takeaway is and how you're gonna apply it to your life, that would mean so much. As always, thanks for listening. Totally appreciate you thinking about somebody who might really love this episode and you sharing it with them. Also, I always appreciate your reviews. It's like podcast currency. It's like a tip in the jar saying thanks. And finally, if you want to share on social media, a screenshot or any insights you get from listening to this episode, I will totally respond. You can share with the hashtag Better Life, Better Work Show. This show is sponsored by my three rescued dogs, Leroy Brown, Clementine and Rocky Potato. They're here to remind you to consider adoption when you get your next pet. More is not better, better is better.